The following podcast contains spoilers and words like piss, shit, and fuck. We watch it. We watch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Watched a Thing. As always, you've got Billy, and this week I'm honoured to have with me great friend of the show and all-round champion and great bloke. It's Sean Carney from Scaredy Boys and How Good's Footy. How you doing, mate? I'm great, mate. Thank you for having me back. Um, oh, did, did I pick this film or did you pick this film? I cannot remember. <laughs> I can't remember either. I remember sending you a list and from memory, I think you were like, oh, yes, man, I'm very ex- excited for that one, which I was yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I Curious think because we it. looked at it and we were like, we're going to watch it for Scaredy Boys for yeah. the horror show. So yeah, we've, we've all made choices. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I famously chose a very unscary film to chat about on your show. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was it was Amityville Horror would have been scary in the seventies. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's There's true. lots of movies like that for sure. <laughs> but before we get into it, can you can I just ask you about your book? Can you just give that a bit of a plug because it was oh, yeah, sure. fucking awesome. Just quietly, I loved that book. Thank you so much. I think you were the first person who bought it when I put it up on Amazon. Um, yep. And uh, oh, Amazon delivery, very quick. Insanely <laughs> very quick. Qu- I couldn't believe it. I, I was shocked when it came the next day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's called, it's a novella. It's called The Pyramid and it is a horror story. It's about a uh, a father who's venturing up into the, there's a research, science research base up in the Himalayas and he's got to go there and find his daughter because they've lost contact through a storm or something like that. And um He's got to go and tell her that her mother has died and he's going to try and bring her home for the funeral. And when he gets to the research base, he finds that things are uh, pretty fucked up there. (laughs) That leads us down a pretty dark path. But yeah, it's a real, it's a a quick short one. I think you could probably read it in an hour and a half or two hours or something like that. It's yeah, just a punchy little fucked up horror novella (laughs) available on Amazon. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. I'd highly recommend it. Definitely, especially if, if you like horror at all, and even just if you like kind of thrillers or actions, it's it's just a great read. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I, no I actually worries. wrote it a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I, don't know, I was just thinking about it lately. I'm sort of trying to get a few writing things happening, and I had that yeah. sort of sitting there, and I just I was never happy with the ending, so I kind of I rewrote a bit of the ending and reached out to a, an artist that I know and she did an awesome job on the cover and that just sort of got things rolling and yeah. Yeah, nice. It's, it's good fun. Yeah, great. Are you writing anything at the moment? Uh, I've got a couple. I'm, I'm hoping to have something out sort of later in the year, but I've got a few things on the go and I'll sort of need to target one and and, <laughs> yeah. and ride that home. But yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be in the horror sort of genre for sure. Yeah, nice. Because nice. I'm cursed. I'm cursed <laughs> to live in that now, I think. <laughs> well, speaking of the horror genre, let's get into this. Men is a 2022 folk horror film written and directed by Alex Garland. It stars Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear and not many other people to be honest. And um, I'm going to do this to you, Carney. What is it about? Yeah, so this one's about Harper, who has gone through this uh, horrible tragedy in her life where her estranged husband has died rather horrifically. Yeah. And she um, has booked like an Airbnb style, like a nice cottage house out in the, the quiet English countryside. It's always been this dream of hers to sort of go out there and just relax and, uh, and take it all in. And when she gets there- uh, she finds that not everything is as it seems in the town and things sort of start to get quite weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty succinct. <laughs> so we haven't spoken about this at all yet. We were both very no. excited prior to seeing this. I loved both of Alex Garland's previous films, so, so I was really keen for this. Reviews have been divisive much more than I thought they would be. Very much so. Where are you on this? Where are you on the spectrum? 
the low, low end. <laughs> the low, low end. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, not as low as when I saw it. Yeah. Um, if I'd reviewed it, I still haven't reviewed it on Letterboxd. If I'd reviewed it immediately after walking out of the cinema, yeah. I think I might have given it one star. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> but I've, I've thought about it a lot more since then. And, um, and the people I saw it with had a similar sort of shocked reaction to it. But it yeah. was- they took a more measured approach. <laughs> I'm kind of all or nothing with movies sometimes yeah, where I'm yeah. like, nah, fuck that. But um, yeah. yeah, it's certainly- Look, there are, there are things I really like about it. So yeah. I take it you're sort of in the positive side of things? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting conversation because okay. I, there, I also haven't reviewed this movie because if I did immediately after I saw it, it would have been a nine. Like a wow. four and a half on Letterboxd. Right. And and I didn't do it then because I knew that wasn't right. And so I'm the opposite of you. You kind of really disliked it and like it more the more you think about it. I'm a sure? little bit the opposite end. The more I think about it, the more I understand people's issues with it. But what yes. I liked about this movie, I didn't just like, I loved. Like there is some really, really great stuff in this movie. And there's some stuff that doesn't work as well. So, man, I'm curious to talk about this with you then. <laughs> There are some movies that you can come out of the cinema, or you, like the credits start rolling and you go, oh, I can jump on that box straight away. Yeah, like, for Top sure. Top Gun Maverick, five stars, <laughs> maybe every day yeah. of the week. <laughs> but yeah, a film like Men, and I think it's probably an Alex Garland type experience movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's good to think about it for a few days. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah if, I'd, if I'd immediately hit you know, hit go on that review, it would have been pretty scathing. But now I'm kind of like, nah, I've, I've taken a step back yeah. and I've gone, fucking hell, I love the atmosphere of the movie. Yeah. I love the yeah. cinematography. I love the acting. I yeah. actually really quite like the direction of it up until like, up until I don't, um, <laughs> <laughs> which might be the same sort of timestamp for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, like the sound design, the music score, there's so oh. many like great things that we can talk about with yeah. the film. There's yeah. a there's a great uh, uh, horror writer. He wrote the film. Uh, oh God, Sinister, and he wrote Doctor Strange, and he's an author as well. See Robert Cargill. And I remember him tweeting about it. He must have seen it just before it came out, and he was kind of like, he didn't say whether he liked it or hated it. He was just like, it's a it's an experience. Yeah, make sure you set time to like have a beer or coffee afterwards with <laughs> yeah. friends to discuss what you have just witnessed. Yeah, <laughs> it's that kind of film. Did you ever see Mother, the Darren Aronofsky film? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you hate that as well? Um, I don't think I. I. It's a film I don't really think about a lot because I, I watched it once and I'm kind of like yeah. that'll do. I didn't hate it as much because I remember the discourse was really strong about it. At yeah, the time. it seems very similar to this in the terms of how polarizing it is. These have a lot of similarities, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mother is kind of one of those films where once you click in with understanding what he's doing, yeah. you go, ah, okay, this is kind of just like an empty bit of yeah. a weird shit film. Yeah, um, and maybe this one's the same for me. I don't know. Yeah, I think that part of the problem is that. It's funny for how wonderful the atmosphere and everything in this film is. It's not a subtle film at all. No. <laughs> like, like it's very, it's very similar to me in that. Yeah, the message is almost too clear, and it almost dilutes it somewhat because it is so on the nose. Almost, it, it's it's incredibly on the nose by the final moment, by the final sequence, the third act. Yeah. Really, is where it's like, oh, okay. This there isn't any subtlety left at all. You yeah. just sort of laid it all out on the line. And I think that's probably where the film suffers for it because for the first half, it's pretty engaging. I'll tell you my experience of watching it. 
I am a scaredy boy. Yeah. And I watched the trailer for it. Yep. Which just had like, you know, that great sound that, yeah, ooh, ah, <laughs> oh, ooh, yeah. like that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> Hearing like, this must have been what it felt like to hear that. Uh, what was it? Uh, Friday the 13th, is it? Oh, the ch- is that ch- the one that's got the, yeah. Must have been like that again. I just had chills hearing that. Like, and I was dreading that tunnel scene when that came. But I carried popcorn into the movie. And there's a reason why the term popcorn movie exists, I think. It's because you want to watch, like, Transformers and you just – you can't hear your loud chewing because there's explosions <laughs> and robots punching each other. Yeah. A movie like this, I, I was actually too tense because I just – I was so expecting massive spooks. Yeah. I didn't touch the popcorn until there was probably 25 minutes left of the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I didn't want to eat. My mouth was too tense. I couldn't move it. I was just sitting in the chair. And I, <laughs> I saw it with Stan Spence's radio guy, Joel Dusha, and a couple of the other guys as well. Yeah. But he was sitting next to me, and he just kept giving me little side eyes every time something really fucked was happening. And I was like, God damn you. Yeah. I just I couldn't s- stand it. I saw Dusha's review, actually. From memory, he gave it a really positive score, but his his uh, written review basically boiled down to, man, Alex Garland's an idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think um, from watching it with him, he was like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Also- can't wait to buy it on Blu-ray and watch it again. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it's it's a Joel Dusha kind of movie, just like fucked vibes, absolutely yeah. off the chain third act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas most people w- w- would watch the ending of this and be like, I don't think I need to watch this again, or at least yeah. give it ten years and then maybe revisit it. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, when can I come back? Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this: You said that you were you were tense the whole way through, waiting for a spook. Were you scared in this movie? Did you actually find it scary? My like, I always get to the end of a movie, and that sort of like uh, colors my opinion of the spook. So, like in hindsight, I'm like, ah, oh, no, nah, it wasn't sort of worth being scared of. But I definitely was. I was too scared to eat popcorn. So yeah. I was, yeah. yeah. And the the tunnel scene in particular was really scary. Just yeah. when she sort of approaches it, you know, how the camera sort of comes in, and then just nothing but blackness. Yeah, and she covers the edge of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it's just I hate like that's the best thing with horror, I suppose, that suggestion of something in there. Yeah. And then maybe when you do finally see the thing, it's not as spooky anymore. And the movie just gets to a point where it's so flat out weird and crazy. Yeah. That I was just kind of like, wow. But yeah, the popcorn thing that really killed me because I started eating it 25 minutes to go and then disgusting shit was happening <laughs> probably 10 15 minutes to go or whatever so i've really had a real narrow popcorn window <laughs> <laughs> well i made the mistake of seeing this movie with my wife who does <laughs> yeah. not like horror movies and especially oh, doesn't her. especially doesn't like kind of violence against women like that kind of stuff yeah and so it just cuz she had seen the trailer i hadn't i knew nothing about the film other than it was alex garland, garland and I knew it was meant to be kind of a horror, but I figured that it might be similar to, say, Annihilation, where it's not really all that scary. It's more a horror in kind of theme. Unsettling rather yeah. than in-your-face jump scares. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she was terrified during this movie. <laughs> so, so did you go into it not knowing that Rory Kinnear was going to be playing multiple people? Can I tell you a secret? And this is going to reveal to everybody just what a fucking idiot I am. When did you realise? An hour after the movie when I was reading Oh, my God. Page. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Which is literally kind of like the point. <laughs> that is interesting because I've, I've been reading some reviews today and there were a lot of people who were kind of like, oh, I was so baffled. It was like 
when I saw the priest, I was like, did they get an actor who looked really similar to him? Like people didn't, yeah. some people didn't grasp it. Yeah. Yeah. See, which I, is funny. I thought you would have for sure when the little kid took the, you know, the teenager schoolboy yep. took the mask off. I noticed, I noticed that something was wrong. So visually, that is the worst effect in that movie. That face replaced because oh. that's a different body. Like, and- is that deliberately terrible? Because it's like, yeah. I haven't seen something that bad since, um, you know, when they did Captain America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, See, it's kind of like they just take a, a smaller body, but don't change the proportions of the person's exactly. face. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's few cases that works in. Like, it worked really well in Social Network with the Winklevoss twins. That's the best oh, case yeah. I've seen of it. Or, or even um, Furious 7 with Paul Walker's um, digital. Yeah. You know, I thought most of that was pretty great. So I didn't even think that that's what was happening here. I thought that they had just done something weird as like another trying to unsettle you, you know, like, so you're in that almost uncanny valley. This kid doesn't look right. What's going on? So I didn't realize that they were all Rory Kinnear until it was funny. When we walked out of the movie, my wife was like, why did Jeffrey give birth to himself twice? And I was like, he he didn't. The priest gave birth to him, but she had noticed that they were the same actor and it confused yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had total face blindness. I thought they were all different <laughs> dudes. <laughs> that's great. Hey, that's a tribute to Rory Kinnear for well, really yeah. sticking into characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, to be honest, because I that's one of the only things I knew about it going in is that yeah. I did watch the trailer, but the trailer didn't really give much away. Yeah. It was more of a vibe sort of thing with the, the sound design. Um, I knew that he was going to be playing basically all the men. Yeah. I thought they would have gone to further extent with prosthetics and stuff like that. They yeah. didn't really, to me, make maybe to you, but to me, they didn't <laughs> yeah. make much of an effort to sort of change his appearance too much. Yeah. 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 That's fair. <laughs> that kid is so weird. Yeah. Like, if- I, just, I actually couldn't believe when I saw that. I was like, I wonder if they'd. I wonder if they did it deliberately shit just to add a fucked vibe to the thing, like yeah. to make you feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely my vibe. Like when he took that mask off and I was like, something is not right with that dude's face. Yeah. Like I thought that that was done purposefully to kind of unsettle the viewer, but maybe it was just a really bad job. <laughs> I-, I think it might have been. Yeah. I also found, and one of my mates I saw this with agreed with me, we thought, you know, the friend who Harper keeps calling on the phone. Yeah. We thought the longer the film went on, the more her face started to resemble Rory Kinnear. Yeah, and we right. thought that that was going to be like a weird <laughs> thing as well, but I think we were way off the mark because that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, her character is one thing. I think, like I say, a lot of the movie isn't subtle and there is a lot going on that is kind of obvious symbolism. Mm. I didn't understand at the end when that character shows up and it's revealed that she's pregnant. And I'm like, well, that has to mean something, right? Because we've purposefully not been shown that to this point. Like, we've only ever seen her face That's like a reveal. Yeah, it's very distracting to the audience now. But I didn't get that. So, you didn't understand what that was kind of meant to give us either? No. The only thing I can think is, like, is it just, like, supposed to signify to Harper that things things go on? Like, life Uh, life keeps going? Or I I don't know. Yeah. Such a weird ending. It is It is a weird ending. The ending is what, when I walked out of the cinema, because like I said, for most of this movie, I loved what was happening. The last act lost me a little bit, but at the same time, I admired so much what it was doing that it actually didn't bother me. The thing that really got me was the, I guess you'd call it a post credit scene when, when her friend shows up. That was the bit that for me was like, oh, okay. Now I'm not so sure about this. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that that was interesting because there is there is a lens you could look at this film through and be like, well, maybe none of it even happened. Exactly. Yeah. And then the friend shows up, but it obviously had to have happened because we see through her point of view, blood on the ground, blood exactly. in the house, the car is blood crashed. on Harper, the car yeah. smashed. So it's like, okay, so everything is very yeah. It's the the movie is both literal and too vague. Yeah, sort of all mixed together, and, and, and that's my problem. Yeah. I kind of like I, I love a movie that's kind of bizarre and surreal. Like, I don't know if you've seen Denis Villeneuve's Enemy, which is- I have, yeah. Yeah. So the Jake Gyllenhaal one, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yes. So, similar, where for most of the film, you're not sure what's really happening and what's not, but it doesn't end ambiguous, Im- ambiguously, at least I don't think. It, the movie ends, and by the end, you're kind of clear on what was actually happening. Whereas yeah. this ends, and it just makes me more confused, because same as you, I, I just assumed that- a lot of not like in Harper's head isn't the right term. I don't think like it's obviously real, whether it's supernatural or not. But I didn't think that this was an actual being or entity that we were seeing. And then at the end, it kind of looks like it must have been. <laughs> well, because you also have she never really addresses the fact that all these guys look the same. So yeah. then. So then it has to be a deliberate thing. Obviously, it's deliberate by Alex Garland, but it has to be a deliberate story device for the whole, like, uh, all men are the same sort of yeah. statement, I suppose. But th- she has that interaction, you know, when the priest comes into her house. Yeah. And she very specifically says to him, like, what are you? Yeah. As opposed to- That's such a weird thing to say to a person, don't you think? Yeah. You would say, who, like, who the yeah. fuck are you, not yeah. what the fuck are you? Yeah. Her saying, what are you, implies that- She's aware that there is something fucking really like bizarre going on here. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know. Like, it kind of puts its foot down that path a little bit, and I go, okay, are we going to like explore this now? No, we're not. It's just yeah. I, I just don't get it. Like, so when her friend shows up at the end and there's blood everywhere, if that movie had kept going and police showed up, and she's arrested. That, would, <laughs> well, yeah. Would they show up to be like? Oh, okay. There's one dead guy there, and then another completely different-looking dead guy there. Yeah. Are all these townspeople actually different men? Yeah. Or yeah. is it a or is it a being that a monster? Yeah. Like, because that's it's a little unclear. Yeah, because that's the bizarre thing about it. It definitely ends on a supernatural note, whereas for the rest of the film, even though weird stuff is happening, supernatural isn't kind of the vibe I was getting from it. No. The weird thing about it is that there are other women in the town. Like, when the police come the first time, one of them is a female, the one who investigates her. She doesn't seem to think it's weird that all these men look the same. So, it's like, do they actually look the same? Is this literally just a thematic device by Alex Garland saying all men are the same? Or is it is it that Harper sees all men the same? But if it, if it is that, like you say, she doesn't kind of reference that. She doesn't seem freaked out by the fact that these are all the same guy. Yeah, like I'd forgotten the fact that the uh, the female police woman was like um, female police woman, um, <laughs> <laughs> just so rattled. I expected just men, 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 men. Yeah, um, yeah but the fact that she doesn't <laughs> comment on the fact that her partner, who she's working with, looks exactly like the naked man that they've arrested. Like, exactly. So yeah. it, it's a, it's an obvious thing that it it shouldn't be. But then you have that weird moment where she's like, "What are you?" And it's like, "Well." What is going on here? And I do- I love before he said she'd be arrested. It's I think there's a term for it in cinema, and it's the dead werewolf excuse or something like that. Yep. It's kind of like someone turned into a werewolf, killed a bunch of people, and then turned back into a human. And it's like, 
they can just walk free. It's like, no, no, there are <laughs> ramifications yeah. for what you've done. You've killed a lot of men tonight. Like, yeah, yeah. What is happening here? It's yeah, it's it's such a strange, strange movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. So for me, I think it tries. Alex Garland's trying to take it down a path. He's, I think he's gone intellectual at the expense of of the scares. Yeah, and I think it's a bit of a trend in these. Probably, I oh, will generalize and say these A twenty four yep. horror films. Yep, I think we're getting like the sort of the metaphor monster instead of, um, you know, the actual monster. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think that that that's why I kind of disliked that final act more so for me. Firstly, the supernaturalness of it, but also up to that point, one thing I really admired and loved about this film was that it was you start you still haven't seen Midsummer have you you're still too spooked to nah, watch nah, it. Too <laughs> right too okay spooked, yeah. <laughs> although i suspect it will have a similar vibe to this movie yeah well one thing i love about that movie is that there's almost not a scene set at night it's like the horror of daylight and that to me is what was so great about this film for those first couple of acts is that we're in this beautiful sunlit bathed countryside and she's walking amongst all these beautiful green trees and yet we're unsettled and it was like this is this is reality for women is that literally going for a walk by yourself during the daytime is scary and just you know like that's what was great about the villain for the first couple of acts for me you know like when she's in the tunnel that guy doesn't actually do anything inherently scary really he stands up and he starts walking, and she just starts I think, running. I think there's a scream or a sound. There is kind of a weird guttural scream at one point, but from memory, that's after she leaves the tunnel. But Yeah, okay. So, it's like, you know, that's the thing about men is that to a woman, we are scary. We don't have to impose any real threat because we are threatening. And that's- I, I loved that that seemed to be what the movie was doing for those first couple of- you know, acts. And then when yeah, we definitely. get to the finale, when it becomes supernatural and, you know, actual attacks going, I'm like, wow, this is what is going on. <laughs> and that finale set at night as well. Notably. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. I, you know, I've been watching a lot of horror and it is, it is interesting. You will commonly see the scary things happen at night. And then the daytime is when you have that reset, that time to breathe. Yeah. So yeah, I really, I actually do respect that. Probably the scariest scene is the tunnel one. And while yeah. the tunnel is dark, that is like pure daylight. We've just, like you said, seen these nice green woods in the forest. And yeah. 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 He does a good job, Garland, with some of that stuff, but it just loses, loses his way in the third act. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, let's talk about the third act then. <laughs> yeah. Um, at what point was it for you? Was it the birthings? Was it the yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> I'd say it was when I saw a back pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's very bizarre that we've seen the naked man multiple times, plenty of hanging trunk in this film, lots of peen, and then randomly <laughs> out of nowhere, yeah, he's got a, uh, he's got a vagine and he's pushing a kid out of it. <laughs> peen on screen. You actually, you love to see it. Yeah. I watched The North Man. Yeah, that peen. I took it away. Um, no, but that that. Yeah, it was it was before the the back vagina and uh, all the other vaginas. Um, yeah, I think I just kind of lost me. I think it. I mean, the grotesque 
knife hand thing in the in the door. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. And then yeah. sort of beyond that, after that happened, everything just went a bit nuts. Yeah. And then it ultimately went incredibly nuts. And then we landed where we landed with the fucking birthing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it all felt very obvious to me too. At what point did you realize that the the sliced hand and the broken ankle and stuff was, you know, her husband, like they were mirroring his injuries after his jump. Oh, not until sort of, not until he appeared. And then I was like, oh, oh absolutely right. fucking nailed that. Yeah. Like that is actually, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I, to be honest, I'm surprised that Rory Kinnear is in the film and they just didn't have the husband play everything. Although I guess that's sort of the twist. To yeah. It becomes a different film if you have him. Yeah. But yeah. And it, yeah, I, like I- there's lots of things I do respect about the movie. I respect Garland sort of trying to tell a story about grief as well. Yeah. I think he tries to do too many things. So you've got grief, you've got trauma, you've got um, yeah. you've got the whole the whole metaphor stuff with the green man, the the sort of the, yeah. the naked man. Yeah. Um like the I was looking into the green man today, who's like this folklore figure all about rebirth and harvest and all this yeah. sort of thing. So the idea that perhaps Harper comes into his sort of world and has all these things that are in opposition to him and what he stands for. I suppose she's carrying this guilt and the grief and like yeah. that idea of, um, you know, he said he was going to kill himself because of me. Is it my fault or was he just trying to climb down the thing at the end and he yeah. fell horribly? I, just on that, I found it interesting that when she gets to confront him at the end that she didn't ask him that. That seemed to be the like a major factor in her grief, that kind yeah. of was, was it my fault. But I, I suppose you get to the end of the film and she's just – she really doesn't seem to give a fuck anymore. No, she's kind of yeah. fuck, fuck you. What do you want? And he's like, <laughs> I just want your love. And it's such a pathetic it comment is, from him. It is just isn't like it? I kind of wish that they didn't do the coward edit. I just want to see the dick get cut off and shoved <laughs> in his mouth. Yeah. If I've had to sit through all that birthing, like give yeah. me that. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. Yeah, I agree. I actually, I love those final moments when when he appears and yeah, she she literally just doesn't care and she asks him that and it's such a douchey gaslighty response just it's just note perfect i reckon <laughs> what's what's your feeling on this this for me is a weird movie to be written and directed by a man i i would have yep. really loved to see this core concept made by a woman yep because he's so, like and I, it was interesting. I read today that he he wrote the first draft of this fifteen years ago, and he sort of just had it sitting there until he sort of had, I guess, the influence to be able to make a film like this happen. Yeah, and it's it is weird that he would have written something like this fifteen years ago because the 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 climate is so different now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In light of the Me Too movement and all those sorts of things that have happened, and yeah. for him to present this. One of the funniest reviews I saw on Letterboxd was just like someone being like, hey, Alex, I hope she sees this, man. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of just like a feature length, millions of dollars spent on this man being like, oh, but, you know, uh, I, I understand. I'm your ally sort of thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, mm. yeah. it's also at odds with your film. Your film is very literally oh, yes. all the, men all are the men, same and yeah. all men are shit. That's but I feel like he's positioned himself as like, Except for me. I <laughs> know. Oh, it's a bizarre- It's almost like a hashtag not all men film, while at the same time which literally just, saying which, all men are garbage. Yeah. it's Parts of it just feel grubby. Like, yeah. So, yeah. there's a film- um, You did an episode on it, so you've seen it. It's The Last Jewel. It came out last year. Oh, uh, yes. That's yeah. the year before. The Ridley Scott film. Yeah. It's not a perfect film. 
I enjoy parts of it, but what I respect about it is that the screenplay is written by three people and it's broken yeah. into three sections. And they uh, there's a woman, I can't remember her name, she wrote the section that Jodie Comer's character, it's her point of view. Yeah. And that's so crucial, I think, because you need yeah. to have a woman's voice. Like, I, I'm obviously a man, but if if I was- a, I'd be fascinated to know, like, a woman coming out of this movie and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like- Yeah. I find it a really interesting question. Like, so you're a writer and, and you're, you know, a trained screenwriter and stuff. Where do you stand on that that old concept of write what you know? I find it such an interesting thing to be said because in some ways I understand it. And I'm like, obviously, there has to be – well, in, in writing, there has to be truth to what you're saying. Otherwise, a reader can feel that and it just feels yes. false. Yeah. But at the same time, if, it's, if you stick so strictly to that – are you only ever allowed to write about a podcaster? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I, Stephen King, for example, has written so many great female characters. Like, I just find it a really interesting concept. And I guess this is a different kettle of fish because this is this is thematically something else. This isn't just him writing from a woman's point of view. This is him writing from a woman's point of view about men. Um, yes. But it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. <laughs> Um, when I was in film school, that was a very big thing that they pushed. They were kind of like, write what you know, write what you know, write what you know. I, I don't really like that. Yeah, I, same. I always – I like the approach of write what interests you because I yep. sometimes it's great to write to learn something. Yeah. Re- the research part of it is so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. You, you tackle something that you're really passionate about and then you learn more and more about it. Writing what you know, it's kind of like, well, I need to live my entire life then to get all these different experiences. <laughs> yeah. I was in film school and, like, I think Dexter, the show, was pretty big at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, I was like, oh, I'll write a little short film about a serial killer or something like that. And then I got a lot of, like, just weird attitudes in class <laughs> because I was, it was the whole thing was, write what you know, write what you know. And I'm writing this serial killer thing and I had to just scrap it and come up with something else. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I don't really like the, the write what you know. No. I don't know if Garland- would approach his stuff with a right what you know, just because some of his stuff is so wild. Oh, exactly. There. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. he's definitely has a keen interest in approaching gender, though, based yes. on the three films of his that I've seen. He's only directed three, I think. He has. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's written others. Like I really love Sunshine. He, has, and, he wrote that for and Danny he, Boyle. Yep, he wrote um, Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, uh, what was the uh, and Dread as well? He Dread. wrote Dread. Yeah, which is a I really love Dread. I thought it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. So yeah, yeah. I. He, so when this was coming out, I was excited because I'm like, I really like Garland. Like Annihilation, uh, book and film, um, they have differences, but they're both. I didn't realize there was a book. Yeah, yeah. So it's written by Jeff Vandermeer. Right. Um, there's a. I think it's a trilogy. I've only read the first one. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's pretty similar, but yeah, it's yeah. that. That's another one where you look at it and you go, it's interesting that Garland would make that too because that is a film where. I mean, Oscar Isaac's in it, but it's 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 a female point. Very female-led, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting for him. But, yeah, yeah, I just wish- I do. I really like the fact that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck collaborated with a female writer and really yeah. gave her agency to take that third act of that film where it needed to go. Yeah. It just added- it added a lot to it, I think. Oh, definitely. That third act, for me, almost makes that film- like it's- yeah, I agree. I think I was watching that movie, not to get too sidetracked in the last jewel <laughs> chat, but um, I watched it and I didn't really love it. And yep. then when I saw her point of view and it really clicked in the, the cleverness of some of the stuff that was on display. Ridley Scott, he's a fascinating director. He's he yeah. like 
deep in his 80s, I think. Yeah. He's pumping out movies and they're yeah. still at a high quality. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 I think the thing about this film for me is, and you kind of said it before, it almost thinks it is or wants to be almost smarter than it is. There's there's too much going on. And particularly by the point it gets to the end. And the thing about it is, this is a short movie. There's there's a lot of movie for this movie. Like it's it's 90 minutes long or just over. It's like an hour 40. And yeah. it it there is so much in here for that runtime. They they pack a lot in. It's such a bizarre movie because they pack so many ideas in, and yet it's so, by the end, it's so transparent a movie. Yeah. And I think that when a horror movie does that, it creates sort of this divide, I think, with an audience. Yeah. And that's sort of what I felt. I got to a point with it where I was just kind of like, well, fuck, man. You're just like shoveling. Like, these. I, I love subtext, and I don't yeah. really think this movie has much of it no, when yeah. it's all said and done. Yeah. Like, you need to- I love a horror movie that, you know, you, I love metaphor- yeah, but it can it should be background, I think. Yeah. Whereas this is the metaphor is all foreground by the yeah. end of this film. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's sort of oh, baffled. Baffled is <laughs> how I would describe this movie. There's this actually I came across this great Stephen Queen uh, Stephen King um, quote today in this article about men specifically, and it said that uh, his quote sort of at the end of this, but the great horror films, the truly terrifying ones, tend to operate on a more irrational level. They have a touch of madness to them. Speaking to the primal fears rattling around our heads, they can't be easily solved or explained. It's what Stephen King meant when he wrote about the poetry of fear and how nightmares exist outside of logic. Yeah. And I think Alex Garland lost balance with that. Yeah. I think he 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 put the metaphor at the forefront and yeah. sort of stripped everything else away from it. Like a, an ambiguous horror movie is good, but you get to a point with men where you're like, oh, it's it's painfully obvi- obvious what he is saying. Oh, exactly. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And you you love to kind of come away from a movie and be like, oh, my interpretation could be completely different. I can take this in many different ways, but I don't really see many different paths that he's created with this film. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. De- and I think mm. the other thing is it's like, to be honest, it's it's a quite simple statement that the film is making. Like, I, yeah. I don't think that there's so much going on here that you need to have that metaphor at the forefront. Like, it's- And you, you, we're getting spoon-fed it in multiple ways. Like, you know, we're already getting Rory Kinnear playing every single man, but then we end with a sequence where it's just man creating man over and over again. It's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but Honestly, I was, like, so rattled by the whole thing that I was just like, at any time, it's like, is Harper going to- be birthed out of this thing at any minute, and then yeah. the husband came out. I think the husband came out like foot first. Didn't yeah, he? he did out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man! <laughs> I've, I've, today I was thinking about the practicalities of how they shot that. I'd actually kind of like to know, but also don't want to know. <laughs> 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 all right. So, all in all, how are you? How are you scoring men out of ten? Oh man. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with a five. Yeah. So, yeah, so a 2.5 out of 5 for me. It'll yeah. be on Letterboxd. And, God, if I, I hope I don't think about it too much more. It's like maybe it deserves a 3. I don't know. The first half of it, really great. Yeah. Like he's done an exceptional job at creating tension and atmosphere and fear. And yeah. then it's he's really let the air out of the balloon for me in the, in the back half of it. I'm curious to know, though, has your score gone down? Uh, it's definitely gone down from what, like I said, when I first walked out of this movie, I was like, wow, that's, I think that's a nine. Just because, I, like I said, I loved so much what it was doing. Like, 
I think the cinematography in this film is gorgeous. This is a oh, great-looking yeah. film, and so much of it works for what the film is doing because, like I said, I think there's that juxtaposition of the beauty and the natural sunlight and everything against this horrific stuff that is happening. But I agree with you, towards the end, it all just it kind of loses that atmosphere. And, and even though at the time I liked it, because like I said, I figured out that it was going to be the husband at the end a little bit earlier. Like once the hand got split and I remembered that his hand on the fence, I was like, ah, oh, okay, this is where we're Great. heading. I, d- I didn't see the the birthing coming. <laughs> yeah. But I, f- I, I love that you figured out that little key piece, but you didn't figure out Rory. Oh, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going to end on a seven, I think. I have to be honest, this is a film that I would rewatch. Like, and I would be very That's curious great. to know after rewatching it how I feel about it then. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think there's enough that really worked for me here that, yeah, I'm going to stick on a seven. <laughs> yeah. My, my attitude to films has changed so much over the years because I think in the past, if I hated something and someone was like, nah, I loved it, I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like, nah, that's cool. Because, like, you know, I famously, my favorite movie of all time is Loch Ness. And that would <laughs> yeah. have a shockingly low score on, like, IMDb. <laughs> it's yeah. a film no one's even heard of. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, funny. I, you know. I tried to show my kids that the other day. Um, oh, no. Because my daughter's <laughs> super curious about the Loch Ness monster. She's like, is this thing right. real? I'm like, you know, there's a movie about that. Um, yeah. It's mostly about Ted Danson, though. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Dr. John Dempsey is trying to you know rediscover himself yeah. out there in Scotland. It's fantastic. Yeah. A great performance. Yeah. yeah. I, so I wait, you try did you say you tried to make them watch it? Yeah, they got like twenty minutes in and And just checked out. Yeah. 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 They're like, Kids where's next days? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? <laughs> Everyone can have a different opinion. That's why it's great. Yeah. Well that's what that's why I love movie podcasting. Like it's this has to be the first time in quite a while that, you know, the two of us haven't had like the same opinion, me and a guest on the show. So I, I love that, when this happens. That's a happens. good thing, I reckon. Yeah. 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 It, it had to be men. Men had to fucking yeah. had to do it. Both the film and men in general, just <laughs> <Yeah>. absolute bastards. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate this. Can you tell everybody about Scaredy Boys and How Good's Footy sure. and just where to find you? Sure. Yeah. Scaredy Boys is a podcast uh, I do with two of my buddies, Damo and Tom. And, um, yeah, we're a three cowards who can't stand horror movies. We love the horror genre, but we're absolute cowards. It terrifies us. So we force ourselves to watch horror movies and then ask three questions. Were we scared? Did the characters act wisely? And how would we behave in that situation? Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's wherever you find podcasts, really. And how good's footy if you're an Australian Aussie <laughs> rules football fan um, who likes three hosts yelling at each other and <laughs> being passionate about football, That you can find that as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I really pr- uh, I love coming on. I love uh, just uh, cinema. It's just oh, great. I know. We'll that, get- that's the thing. I think about the silver screen and I came out of this and that birthing scene, it felt like cinema corrupted for me. <laughs> 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 but for someone like Joel Dusha from yep. uh, Plumbing the Death Star, he was <laughs> yeah. like, this is what I'm all about. Give me more of this. <laughs> well, maybe next time we'll finally get to Merlin. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. An absolute classic. Up there with Loch Ness in the uh, the, the carny yeah. household rentals from Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'd recommend both those shows. And uh, Damien's going to be hopping on here next month. We're going to chat about Nope, um, Ooh, which yeah. it was Jordan funny, Peele. actually. When we walked in to see this film, we were like, 
a couple of minutes late and it was halfway through the trailer for Nope. I yeah. closed my eyes, blocked my ears, started doing la la la. My wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I can't see this trailer. I haven't, right. I've managed to avoid it so far, but I've heard a lot of people say that the trailer gives away too much already, even without having seen really? it. Really? Okay. I think I have heard there are two trailers. Right. I've only seen the first one, which kind of just doesn't give too much. But yeah, okay. I have heard the second one might, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just avoid it and just go for the ride. Yeah. Jordan Peele is- he works metaphor into his horror movies, but yeah. he does it in the way I love, which is in the background. He creates character and and, and the, he, you go on the journey with him and he, yeah. I think he does it the right way. Yeah. What did you think of Us, which was a bit more divisive? Like everybody loved Get loved, Out, but Us was- kind of, Yeah, cool. Same. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yep. Up until sort of a point sort of halfway through yeah. when I- Fun is maybe not the right word, but I started to like- It be- became more entertaining than, yeah. than it was scary. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had a really great time with it. Yeah. Lapita, she- Oh, like, she crushed she it. She should have won an Oscar for that film, yeah. honestly. That voice, yeah. oh, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. loved Us, but I probably won't rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Peele's great. I think there's something about- you know, the relation between timing in both comedy and horror. So I love when someone who's like traditionally a comedian hops into horror. I think Krasinski did the same thing with A Quiet Place. I just think that like yeah. the timing in that is so fucking good. <laughs> and you also bring like comedy has humanity to it. And I think sometimes with horror, we focus too much on the monster and not yep. enough on actually, you've got to care about the characters. Oh, and definitely. I think Krasinski and, and Jordan Peele, they both- just understand that completely. Yeah. And uh, it terrifies me. Yeah. It terrifies me, but it's great to say. <laughs> well, this is honestly, I could just sit here and talk movies all night with you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you again so much for joining me. Uh, next week, I'll be chatting about Independence Day with Liz from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs, who um, it's one of her favorite films. So <laughs> where are you on Independence Day? Uh, I, I, I rewatched it. During COVID, I think, yeah, and um, yeah, it didn't it didn't really hold up as well as I would have thought. Yeah, I reckon. yeah. See, I can't remember. I can't remember what I rated it. I think I just remember watching it and being like, "Oh, yeah, not quite as good as I thought," because it felt like a big, big movie. Yeah. See, I'm one of those weird people who had never seen it before. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I watched yeah. it, and yeah, for me, it um, it definitely doesn't hold up. <laughs> I had the same reaction <laughs> with Die Hard, though, which people still you know, get the shits at me about. But I don't think Die Hard's as good as people think it is. I think there's a lot of nostalgia oh, there. Nah, die, die Hard's a, it's a classic. <laughs> I haven't watched Die Hard for many years. I used to watch it on, um, it used to be like my Christmas movie that I would watch. Yeah. And um, See, for me, that's I Reindeer tried- Games. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then I tried to get my girlfriend to watch it. I think she fell asleep during it. And then yeah, right. it just hasn't got another run in this household ever since. <laughs> I'm due for a rewatch. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks again. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.